0: Today you are joining me, Janine Preston of Actonville FM, with an interview on hashtag small startup, big dreams. And at the moment, I have Ishtel from a career center. She arrived through all the traffic. (laughs) So yeah, you can tell we're back to normal. There's traffic and there's rain. Absolutely. Hi, good
1: morning to you. (laughs) How are you doing
0: this morning? This morning, I'm just fine. I looked out the window and I just thought, oh, really rain? But you know what? It reminds me of being in England because when I was in England, every morning you woke up, it was raining. So it it really was a matter of was it going to rain on your way to the station when you were on your way to work or was it just not going to rain enough to get you to the subway?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and this is beautiful weather, you know, just to sit in front of the movies, but we've got work to do. We absolutely, (laughs) and I think as an entrepreneur, when
0: you get out of bed in the morning and you look at the weather and you think, should I sneak in a Netflix or shall I get to work? And I find that when I get home after the station, I have to unwind, get my brain sort of unwound. Then I watch my favorite SVU, which I recorded from the night before. And trust me, I'm, I'm watching it for the probably 10th time. So I can almost do word for word what they're saying on, on TV. And then it's time for me to, to make dinner. And and then I work. And then I find myself working till 2 o'clock in the morning because I find my mojo at like 10 o'clock. Then I think, OK, I've got to learn this. Maybe I should just do a little bit of this. And now I'm not happy with that. Let me redo it. My husband says, Can you not come to bed at a decent time? I said, Well, that's just who I am, you know? That's the days of our lives, eh?
1: Routine, routine, routine. Routine,
0: and my routine is nighttime. I'm just a night bird. So tell me a little bit about Career Center. We spoke last week about where it's going and and what it is, and and how we're going to turn our Thursdays around
1: yes and a lot of value actually came through that discussion as well where we identified it's not just going to be for your 18th uh, your 18th to 25s but literally looking at everybody there are students um having said that the career center you need to be a member to actually access all the information so it is going to be a library of resources where you can actually go to and um, depending on what it is you're looking for, you can then find exactly um, what needs to be done, how to go about it, who to talk to and exactly um, you know, what your journey is going to entail.
0: And you're going to build it around professions. So in other words, if there's a profession like a plumber, which is a trade. So you've got a profession, which is a lawyer and a trade, which is a plumber so you can go into those trades and professions and say okay who do i contact where can i get trained and really what is the journey because like we were talking earlier when matthew woke up one day and said oh i want to be a lawyer watch lots of legal stuff on tv that looks like just the job for me but it's not because his personality doesn't allow him to stand up in front of strange people and talk to them so that was his personality trait if he is an outgoing person, then probably something in in the, in the in the term of if I know this product, I can sell it.
1: Absolutely, and I mean that's a lot, That's basically what a lot of people do. Um, they go into a profession not really knowing what it entails, um, whether it suits their personalities or not, and they find themselves a couple of years down the line and they realize that this was actually not for me. I now need to change. I actually need to do a full 360 degree turn in terms of my career choice. And why do you need to do that? You know, choose the right career. It's one of the biggest choices in your life that you would be making. And that is where the career centre comes in. Well, I
0: noticed, and and Matthew's only 25, so it's a few years ago that this was all in place. Um, He didn't have enough points to go into varsity. And Monash were quite clever. They said, you know what, we've got a kindergarten year, a grade naught for those (laughs) kids who didn't make the... He didn't make the grade in terms of points. Come to varsity anyway. We'll get your points to where they need to be for your first year. Two of the kids in his class said, we're going to do a gap year. I mean, in hindsight, that was funny because I don't think this, there is any more gap years because so many kids are leaving school and there's no jobs. So gap years like <laughs> imminent. Um, and, and they took gap years. But I think the varsity looked and said, how many kids are taking gap years to find themselves and never end up going back to varsity? Because they end up traveling overseas and staying somewhere and being a waiter for the rest of their lives. Which is an awesome job, I must tell you, because I waited in the UK and loved it. Um, But at the end of the day, um, he was able now to do a year and pass it with the right amount of points. So when Uh he started in first year, he was integrated into varsity life already. So he started with a great big... Like a push, if you yes, want. Yes, 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 yes. And I think that's what Career Centre, the, the Career Centre does, is it allows me to know what I can expect from a particular career.
1: Absolutely. And we welcome a lot of suggestions, uh, recommendations, and comments. Um, the only way we'll be able to make the Career Centre a powerful um, resource centre is if with the inputs from, from the public as well. Because I, I interviewed a youngster the
0: other day, and he, was, he just qualified as a journalist. Lovely youngster. See, at the end of my journalist career, I realized it's not what I wanted to do. And I thought, if you were my kid, I'd kill you. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I said to him, but don't look at it as, a, as, a, as years wasted because he now has a great way to move forward because he has correct English. He can do social media. So whatever job he takes on, whatever role he takes on, he's able to know that that guy's presentation has got bad grammar. That the, that the social media posts are incorrect, that this is the
1: way to do things. So I said to him, use it as a, as a, as a stepping stone. Absolutely. Um, I'm an internal auditor by profession um, with risk management experience as well. But having said that, I actually enjoy um, creating websites. So, yes. Oh, so that's your side <laughs> hustle.
0: Oh, my word. Another one with a side hustle to create websites. <laughs>
1: so, and I actually enjoy it. I totally enjoy it. Um, I haven't given up, um, you know, my daily profession. But having said that, you tend to adopt a hobby, which then becomes an additional passion for you as well. So I don't see anything wrong with, with your um, and, friend. But, but you're right. Because so many people think, because I'm an auditor, I can't do anything else.
0: And it doesn't have to be a money-making thing. But that, that side hustle that you do without making money from it, it's just enjoying it. I do the same. I do video editing and I do podcasting and I, I do everything that, that makes me happy. But because I have that knowledge, when I come on radio, I know how I want to speak. I know what I want my guests to do because I know what I want to listen to. So because I've taught myself all those skills, I now know what I want to watch. And I think to myself, my client loved what I did in the terms of the video. I now know that going forward, I must do that more often in my own profession. So I know that I want, when we do live streaming here, I always say to them, I've got a face for radio, not for TV. <laughs>
1: absolutely and sometimes it's a good thing to just sit back look at where you are look at what you want to do and then you know take the bull by the horns and go for it and you know how wonderful it is to learn things like
0: i've been doing websites since for a few years now and my son thank heavens was on the side when i when i really got stuck and i'd send him a message saying matthew please explain this english because i'm i'm stuck but i learned about how google analytics uses an api key and what a div file is and and then my friends told me and said, how did you get that right? And I said, hmm, pay me. I'll tell you. You know how many hours it took me? <laughs> but it's so enjoyable to be a student. I just want to go back to school now. I want to go back to web design school. Even if I never use it, I want to be in web design school. I want to go to editing now. I'm trying to see if um, one of the, the, the film schools have got an editing course that I can do because I would love nothing better than to do trailers. I mean, at the age of 60, I just want to to be in that editing
1: studio. (laughs) Nothing wrong with it. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. And um, just to get back to the career centre, we really want to give back, you know, back to society, back to the public. And with over 600,000 unemployed graduates and about 60% of our youth, uh, workable youth, being unemployed, we really have um, a crisis um, on our way. So we basically want to assist Help our, our kids, our learners, our students. Help them to achieve, um, you know, what they need to set out to achieve. Because a lot of them don't know what they want to achieve. And I think that's the, the, the saddest part of it all. They haven't sat back. They haven't had um, a mentor, um, somebody to coach them and tell them, where exactly do you want to go? Let's analyze and let's determine what your personality traits are. What is good for you? Where so have you got one of those personality, quiz? you know, like they have on Cosmo? <laughs> do they have a Do you have a quiz that says what's your personality like, so that you know you can make recommendations? Well, we are partnering with um, a few organisations, and they already have those assessments in place. So we're not going to reinvent the wheel. No, you so, should just have a link to it. Exactly. So we'll be partnering with a few organisations um, that has already been out in the market. And what, what the career center then does is, it's actually a virtual center. There's a host of career centers across South Africa where you go in, um, you sit down, you speak to someone face-to-face, they give you the information, um, they tell you what you need to know, whereas this is all online. So once you become a member, you are then able to connect with recruiters, with professional bodies, with um, organizations providing intern internships as well, apprenticeships, etc. Et- et cetera. So this is what we're wanting to do. It's going to be a career center that is online as opposed to you walking in. You know, that physical element. Um, I think COVID has actually brought, um, is expedited that we utilize digitalization as opposed to the physical way of doing things.
0: I know, but I've missed people. I can see them on Zoom and I think, oh, I'd rather sit next to you and have coffee. But yes, I do get that. I mean, I know we're in a pandemic, but at least we, people like you have found a way to help those who think that all is lost. And it, and it's not. I, I, I noticed there was a school on the way to work today called Teneo that does digital training. So I thought to myself, that does digital school. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. Here's somebody who took what was happening, and instead of changing their school from normal teaching to digital teaching, which is not always a great crossover, they actually focus on digital training. And I thought, now there's a new one from homeschooling. Now your kid can watch TV all the time, as opposed to just part of the time.
1: Absolutely, But I would
0: rather my kid went to school. But yes, Um, the, the social aspect, I think, is the problem with that. Because they miss that whole social how to look after myself, how to
1: be in front of people, because they don't know how to interact. And that is very, very important, actually. So for any child that is homeschooling, a bit of advice. Parents need to actually come together and take them to a park, you know, get to know each other, get to play with other kids or... Um, get to socialize, because that is quite important. That element of socialization is a huge requirement in everybody's lives.
0: No, I completely agree. And I noticed as well, my sister went, I always refer back to my family, because I've always <laughs> got this like big family that things happen to. And she went on a course with the English company, I think it's called Tifel. Um, they, they, they encourage people to come and do a, a course for English and then go overseas and train English. Now, that was all good and well. She paid the money, did the course, passed. Now, was all excited to go and travel overseas and train. And most of the jobs said, you need a Bachelor of English. So, they didn't share that before she took the course to say, look, there's only a handful of countries that will accept you. China, Korea, Vietnam are the only three countries that will take you without a Bachelor of English degree. Okay. And I thought that was so sad because they, they, they held that back from sharing that. And now she's sitting with an English degree she can't really use because all of those countries are closed and the countries that are open need a bachelor's degree in English. Oh. So I'm hoping that your career centre will outline those things and take a company like that and say, by the way, before you sign up with this company, ask them for a list of available jobs and qualifications required and then make a decision going forward. Because I think that's a bit of, what do they call it, slime marketing? yeah. yeah you know, it's like true. a bit of, I'll keep a little bit of information back just in case you say no. Yes,
1: yes, yes, no, absolutely.
0: That's and that is so right.
1: disappointing, exactly, shame. Because she was very disappointed.
0: She's now sitting in England, unable to move because there's nowhere to go. Shame.
1: Well, what we're also wanting to add onto, onto the site is a day in the life of. So we want to actually go out and interview an accountant to get that practical um, knowledge you know, uh, and basically that would be
0: the insight. Ishtel? Yes. I don't want to burst your bubble, but have you ever tried to interview an accountant? <laughs> Let's be honest here, okay? He, I mean, have you got an accountant with a personality? I used to know one, but he's in Ireland now. Uh, so, I, I know of you. I know of you. <laughs> I love accountants. We can't do without them. But I can't imagine how, because there's sort of this one-syllable answer. So how do you find your profession? Fine. And, you know, what drives you? Numbers. Okay, well, see us doing this this interview. Exactly. So I'm looking forward to please make it your first one because <laughs> I want
1: to play it on radio. <laughs> Absolutely. And we're actually going to be doing that. The interviews <laughs> should be taking place here. Oh, please
0: tell me you're going to videotape it. Uh, we, we'll try. <laughs> I have to see this. I mean, this is going to be the expressions for me of what I can't wait to see. <laughs> I have to see this.
1: <laughs> you know, um, I must admit that professions have definitely changed. They've evolved. Um, if I just take the internal audit profession um, for example, it used to be um, white males in grey suits. If you look at the internal order profession now, there's a vast difference from where it was to where it um, has gone to. So the personality traits have changed. There's a lot of changes that have actually taken place. I'm sure, and I think
0: if you look at if you look at for instance, quite blanche, and they go off to talk to a lawyer. The lawyer is quite personable and is able to talk like a human being. In other words, like a normal person. He doesn't interject his words with with lots of big letters we don't understand, because that's what what people in professions tend to do. Like a plumber will talk to you about these words, and you look at him and think, what's a U-turn pipe? Because only he knows what a U-turn pipe is, you know? And and you talk to people in IT, and they'll go, well, you've got to know the API code for the div file, and, and you go, could we just speak in normal language, not bingo speak? That would be so cool. So it depends on who you talk to. They tend to have these words that the profession uses. And that's what makes the profession seem so clouded
1: you really don't know. That is so true. And that jargon or those acronyms come through basically daily. <laughs> so I totally agree with
0: you. <laughs> I'm Janine Preston, and we're with um, Estelle from the Career Center. We're going to be introducing Gerard from LifeWell shortly. And for now, we're going to listen to some easy listening music while we decide on our next subject.
2: The special things I bought They mean nothing to me anymore But to you They were everything we were They meant more than every word Baby, you're so cruel, My diamonds leave with you Material that will fool me When you're not here I can't breathe Think I always you. My diamonds leave with you Shake it off, take the fear of feeling lost Always me the pays the cost I should never trust so easily You lie to me, lie to me Left, my heart rounds your chest. Mm. Take all the money you want from me. Hope you become what you want to be. Show me how little you care, little you care, little you can. You dream of glitter and gold. My heart's already been soul Show you how little I care, little I care, little I care. My diamonds leave with you. You're never gonna hear my heart break Maybe you're so cruel Like diamonds laid with you Material of a phobia
1: For letter of authority, executorship, drafting of woes and trust deeds, guardianship and curatorship. Were you sequestrated or liquidated? We give you free legal advice. Contact us on 062 578 7493 or WhatsApp us on 062 578 7493.
3: are tuned in too. Actonville FM. It's for
0: everyone. And of course you're back with Janine Preston of Actonville FM. We're having some fun in the studio today because as you know, days, like every other day, is about small startups, big dreams, and in this particular instance, those days are about our career day. So we talk about careers, we discuss careers, we have a look at why you should go into a specific career. And today I have two guests. One particular one is uh, um, Estelle from Career Center, and we've been chatting to her about how to choose a career. And we also have in the studio with us Gerard from LifeWell, and he's going to tell us he already chose a career. So he's going to tell us a little bit about his journey. Welcome, Gerard.
4: Thanks, Janine. Nice to have have me on the show. (laughs) Ishtel?
1: Hi, Gerard. How are you?
4: Well, yourself.
0: I'm good, thanks. Good. Good. So tell me a little bit about your journey to where you are now. So um, it just gives us a bit of background. So when we we talk about your your business and and where where you educate people, what your journey is. Sure.
4: Um, It all started at the age of 12. Um, I think from the age of between 10 and 11 or so I. Um, I always knew I wanted to be in business, you know. But I, I didn't know what sort of business I wanted to be in. I think I was just um, exposed to businessmen, you know, in our in our sort of family or uh, a circle of friends, and I always, always aspired to be this person that had money and this person that just had it all together. So, at the age of 12, I, um, out of accident by by actually by chance, yeah, I started this um, this car wash business and um, started off a, you know, a few months later I employed about three or four guys from school and that's what we did on the weekends, we washed cars
0: and the entrepreneurial bug had bitten <laughs> me. It, bu- it, bit me, it bit me big time it bit me big time and um,
4: a few la- years later, one of um, my aunt's um, boyfriends at the time, um, he was importing and exporting and uh, he came home to visit one day and I just like, took to him, I, I, I um, started to hear the story about importing and exporting, how he flew to different countries and brought different goods, and I just got the excitement of it, and I was like, that is what I want to do when I grow up. I want to go into import and exporting. And, um, at that point, it sort of just went into the back of my mind. You know, I was never exposed to anyone else. After that, that wasn't important exporting or any situations. So um, after school, I studied through uh, Barlow World, uh, you know, marketing and, and advertising. But like you said, that bug was still there, that that business bug. I knew that it wasn't where I, I was supposed to be. So, um, you know, it's obviously a massive story that I have, but I'll I'll, I'll, I'll keep it short. So, from there, I went, uh, I got the opportunity. I
0: must just interrupt you. Entrepreneur yes. stories are never short. Yeah. And that's really okay. Because on this yeah. show, that, that's why we have three hours. Because oh, uh-huh. <laughs> entrepreneurs' journeys are never short, and they're wonderful to hear.
4: So, yeah, after um, after World, I, I got the opportunity from a client of mine to, to open up this um, car dealership. And I got into it um, I was faced with two choices, you know, number one, furthering my career at at Barlow World, which I was studying towards this this position that they were, you know, uh, grooming me for, or just saying goodbye to everything and taking the entrepreneur road, you know, the road less traveled. Mm -hmm. And of course, I was extremely young at the time, early 20s. And I said, if I'm going to make my mistakes, I'd rather make them in my 20s, you know, so I can recover in my 30s. And you know, my sister and Jeannie were having a conversation before this, and I was saying to her that when people ask me when is the best time to start a business, I always say to them, it's never a good time to start a business. It's always the, the worst time because you start anything that you do for the first time, you're the worst at it, uh, and the same with business. So I said, you know what, it's fine. Let me just go into, into the field of business. And from a car dealership, it went horribly wrong. Um, never made any money, you know, made bad Business decisions and partnerships, but I learned a lot, of course. And that's what I took from it. And
0: that. it always seems like a good idea at the time. It always seems
4: amazing. <laughs> I mean, you know, especially if I'm coming from a background where you're not exposed to to wealth or exposed to to luxuries, and all of a sudden you have these castles that are building up in your mind. Mm. You know, these these castles in the skies, thinking, "Wow, well, I want to be this multi-millionaire. I want to live a great life. Retire at the age of 30." Um, and you just see all the positive, you know, things about it. another character of, of entrepreneur where you,
0: correct. I need yeah. the positive. It, you counts. only see the positive, right?
4: <laughs> you never see the negative. Negativity <laughs> does not exist. Um, so from there, um, I, um, yeah, we, we just, we just, the, that business went right to the ground, man. And then I went back to my first love, my first passion, which was import and exporting. And, um, at that point, like I said, I still hadn't met anyone again, you know, other than my boyfriend, my, my aunt's boyfriend. I hadn't been exposed to anyone else that um, took this journey, you know, so I couldn't see it. You know, Estelle and I were having a conversation before this about being exposed to different um, um, careers. elements in careers, yes, yeah. you know, to see what is it like to be a lawyer or what is it like to be an accountant, you know, and looking at someone that's an important exporting, it's so hard to find someone in that in that in that field. And when you do find someone like I did, there, there's so much of information that they don't divulge. You know, they always tell you, you know, now it's, it's going to be too hard and you've got to have this massive amount of money. And that's that's exactly the advice that I, or the information that I've being been given. So what I did was I, I got to a point where I decided, you know what, I'm going to take, I'll literally take a flight to, to China. I'm going to go and see what it's like for for me um, and see if I can do this, you know. So I um, I was communicating with someone in China, and uh, you know, obviously the, the communication wasn't that that great. And I got to the point I was like, no, this is it. I'm, I'm booking a flight. I'm flying to China, and I'm gonna import. And um, you know, I booked this flight, and it was actually my first time on a, on a, on an on aircraft. And I, I remember walking, and I was like, this is really small. Like how, oh, this this looks massive from outside, right? And when you get in. And I got there and um, I'll, I'll never forget the moment, you know, as we were flying. So my, first, my flight was from Johannesburg to, to Hong Kong to Shanghai. And I didn't even know what was transiting at the time, you know, what is transiting. And um, I'm on the plane and the hostess comes over and she asks me, uh, uh, would you like a drink? And I was like, yes, I
0: would like a drink. I, I had this. And warm. you're counting the shekels in your pocket, thinking, <laughs> I just hope it's not more than ten rand because that's all I have on me. But we're going to come back to you after the news because I'm going to keep everyone in suspense sure. to hear if you could afford that drink. <laughs> <laughs> so just hold that thought. And you're back with Janine Preston of Actonville FM, and that was cool uh, in the gang celebration, and we're celebrating careers today, which is why we're back on air with Ishtal and Gerard. And of course, you're waiting just for Gerard to finish his story about whether he could afford that drink on that airline. And any of you that want to send us questions for our two guests, you can call, you can send us a text on 0746605829. If you are texting from the UK, Australia, or Europe, you will use plus twenty. I think the United States is still sleeping at this point, so I'm not expecting much from them from that side of the world, but certainly from the other side, that listen, uh, it is plus 27 74 Our email address is mail at actonvillefm.co.za. And of course, you've also got all our social media, which is Actonville FM, on which we're quite active and Gerard, you now have to finish the story. Did you have to pay for that <laughs> drink, or was it free? Right? <laughs> <But? laughs>
4: yeah. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm a storyteller, man. I'm, an, I'm a storyteller. So I'm sitting down, Wait, the, the, the stewardess comes over. She's like, "So would you like a drink? And there's all these fancy drinks, you know, like whiskeys and... <laughs> And, and wines and um, of course I'm thinking uh, how much is this? <laughs> how much is this drink and how much do I have? I'm, I'm not very tight. In, uh, listen, I, I
0: can, <laughs> that's why I asked you when you looked at this trolley, you're thinking, okay, can I afford the water? <laughs> do, do you have tap water? <laughs> and um,
4: of course, to my surprise, um, so I said yes and, and uh, you know I just took out um, my card and she's like, no sir, it's, it's on the house, it's free. I was like, uh, yes, of course it is. Yes.
0: Uh, I was just trying to buy on the GT three. I thought you were the GT three uh, trailer. Yeah, I just thought uh,
4: she's probably wondering, uh, is this this guy's first flight? Uh, I'm, I'm the Oh, you know, how does this entire thing work? But um, it was free. It was free. Oh wow. <laughs> so I'm sitting there with my my wine in my hand. Don't even ask me whether it, whether it was merlot or what you know, it was wine. I it was
0: wine. It was good.
4: Um, and I'm I'm sitting there looking out of the aircraft and I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is, this is the life. This is, this is, you know, I can, I can foresee myself in a few years time always traveling the world and all these, you know, these, these amazing dreams are running past, running through my mind. And, um, we touched down and, um, in China, in Hong Kong, and I had no idea cause I was on a, on a, on a flight. I was transiting, uh, I was in transit to Shanghai, but I had no idea how to do this. You know, so I just basically followed the crowd, asked around. And and one guy said, no, you don't have to exit. You can't exit the airport. You've got to stay in. You've got to do this and got to do that. You know, that's, I
0: think, how we all learn. mm
4: -hmm. Yes, it's the same as careers. You learn by asking. Absolutely. And finally got onto the plane, you know, to Shanghai, got off. It was, you know, the the mistake I made was my travel agent. Um, He just he just gave me, you know, the worst advice ever you know there was a much the second time and third time when i went when i went over it was such a such a, a easier way of doing it so yeah a long story short i got over there to shanghai i i had to take a, a train to the city that i wanted to get into and you know I, for, for those that haven't been to to china as yet it's it's very difficult to to get information you know from someone because of the language barrier and um After asking many people, I managed to get onto a bus that took me to a train station, which I was late for. I had to catch the next train. And all of this, you know, we were still in the Blackberry age, you know. So I'm trying to get a hold of someone here in South Africa to pass a message through to someone in China, and it was just not working out. I was actually meeting the agent that I that I met on online, by the way. Correct, yeah, because <laughs> there's an
0: agent that takes you to yeah. the... Oh, yes, yeah. I,
4: I didn't even know this person existed, but at least there was no, like, trying, you know, I didn't pay any money as yet. So, yeah, I, I, I caught the next um, the next train, and and everything was in Chinese. Like my ticket was in was was Mandarin. So when I I didn't even know where I was going. I just thought this train is going to the city that I'm going to. So when I got into this this train, I actually booked the the ticket where all the industrial workers were on. The, you know, there's there's two <laughs> sides know, of the train. Is. There's like the sort of elite and then there's all the workers and I got the workers one. So everyone, and you know, you know, face like mine and this color type of skin, you stand out <laughs> in China and, and then mind you, I had all my bags with me and I was sitting next to all these like, you know, mechanics and <laughs> plumbers and, and I sat down and, um, I just froze. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this, this train is not going to where I'm going to, you know, it's stopping at many other stops before. So, I just looked, you know, it, it was my, my fortune that I looked down, or well, I looked next to me, and the guy had the same ticket. He was going to the same city, which was Ihu. So I just saw Ihu on it, and I'm like, when this guy gets off. Yeah, that's <laughs> when you get off. <laughs> this is where I need to get off. So, and, and then we paint the picture. It's, it, when you, Outside, it was like this day like we're having now in Johannesburg, dull, you know, rainy. So it wasn't motivating at all. At this point, I'm like, you know, I should have just, I should have just stayed at home. So when he got off, I literally got off the the platform and within within seconds everyone dispersed i mean it was totally like nobody it was deserted deserted and uh there wasn't i'm not even exaggerating there wasn't a single person that i could i could see and um eventually my bbm started to work and uh my agent sent me a message and she says "Gerard, where are you and um i said this is where i'm at i'm at the ehoo platform and then she replies saying you you are way out and I'm thinking oh my gosh where where am I and I was like oh no I replied saying oh no and she's like yes I'm I'm way out so I'm like what does this mean and then I look I look at a sign it says way out Out. (laughs) (laughs) so I got down and and you know she was there and the rest is history but after import and exporting it took me to you know we were having this conversation before this jadin and i was saying that you know it, with regards to mentorship and, and exactly what estelle is talking about having that 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 exposure to someone that's been in this industry before gives you that much of uh, an advance in it you know i i had no idea of what i was doing i had no idea and um coming back i actually bought a whole bunch of stuff it was the wrong season because i didn't plan it properly i bought for summer instead of winter you know because i went there in winter and you know it was just horrific so i lost almost everything on my first import um but yeah second and third i really got to understand importing i i i uh, acquired the knowledge and also met with people that have done it for years the right people and then the second time onwards, I started really importing, you know, from everything from um, customizing your boxes to how to pack the container, you know, dollar exchange rates. And there's so many other like factors that are affecting it. But I managed to get it right and um, business went really well. But if you come from a background where you're not used to um, having wealth, I always say this, you know, most people are most people have been, we haven't been taught about how money works. We, we, just, we just thought of what money can do for us. You know, we don't really understand the fundamentals of this trade, you know, um, that, that has been um, adopted by us. We trade in, in finance and, and in money and we don't even understand it. So I didn't really know how to handle a business. I didn't know how to handle the income and expenses properly, and when to buy stock and when not to buy stock and, you know, capital and, and cash flow. So I did this deal that I shouldn't have done in Angola um, a few years later. And um, within two years, I'd lost everything uh, to the point of, of, of being, being homeless, you know, having...
0: And you say you were homeless. homeless for around eight months. Yeah,
4: yeah. So it's myself and my two brothers. You know, family does help out. But to a certain extent, we don't have this massive family. But, um, you know, they helped and, 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 and all to them helped us as much as they could. But there was a point where my brother brother and, and myself were sleeping in, in this little old car that I had. Um the other brother had to had to get um um a place with one of his um his um, his friends from school. So that was my point. You know, living living this life of flying over overseas, you know, and, and by the way, I've made my first million at the age of, of uh twenty six from nothing, you know, living in this penthouse in Bedford View to a point of being broke, like homeless, not even a fifty Rand for for a meal. And um at that point, you know, a lot of people would just break down. But I, I found myself in a position and, you know, it's easier to saying it now than in you know, obviously accepting it. In retrospect it, it always
0: is. Hindsight is twenty twenty
4: vision. You know? Um, I always knew I was destined for greater. And the one mistake or, 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 that I did not make was blaming other people. I knew the, you know where I was at that point was, your own fault? was my own fault. Yep. And you know what? I could have blamed a lot of people for that. But it was, at the end of the day, me saying yes. The blame
0: game never works because it doesn't yep. allow you to let go and move on.
4: Absolutely. And then after that, I got a little worse than that. You know, still being homeless, still looking for a place. I had to then come to a realization that I need to get back into the working environment. I need to go get a job, you know, because I still had this, um, you know, this feeling behind me that it's going to get better. You know, I'll do a deal here and I'll do a deal there. you know, (laughs) And I'll get back on my feet. (laughs) But weeks and months went by where nothing was happening. And it was the space that I was in. You know, I, I wasn't looking long term. I was looking at for the day to eat and it, it it never was uh, was something that's going to be sustainable
0: and now from that point to being in the call centre environment what was your leap of faith
4: well massive it was huge you know um, after getting back into the working working environment and obviously my mind still thick you know thinking business. got to be on my own yes, got, I got to, to be on go, my own absolutely but at the moment i got to pay the bills and i got to do what i need to do so but i would said one thing to myself that the next time i do go into business it's. It's. I wouldn't say it's going to be for. For yeah. I said to myself, it's going to be bigger than me. It's going to be for me to start a legacy, as opposed to me starting a business just for myself and my family. It's going Correct. to be bigger than me. You know, and I wanted something that not so much sustainable, but consistent. And I, I remember the day so clearly. In fact, my brother and I were talking about it this weekend, and um, we, we both were having lunch. He had just gotten a job now, so the one the, the middle brother had finished school and he got a job and we were celebrating at a McDonald's. <laughs> so it was myself and him, we were sitting at, at, at the McDonald's and um, we were talking about business. And I said to him, I said, you know what? I wanna start a business that is not necessarily, ex- not necessarily, you know, that that's that we, are, we are, are, are exposed to. And he's like, what do you mean by that? And I said, I wanna get into businesses like banks and insurance companies and, affil- and, and uh, annuity-based business models because the majority of entrepreneur in Africa is sort of, I would go as far as saying forced to the point of being in a business where I buy this for 10 rand and I sell it for 15 rand. Correct, yeah. Right? Um, and even if it is, if you are a professional, you, 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 you are costing based on your time. So if you're an accountant, you're costing you know, per hour mm-hmm. and whatever, but when you look at banks and you look at insurance companies, for example, you're not gonna use those benefits uh, every month. But you still have to pay a premium. Correct. Okay, and I wanted that annuity-based business, and uh, so you know the business started. I, I wish I had it. It was it was on a, on a piece of paper that I, I borrowed <laughs> from the, the 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 waitress, and I said, "So do you have a piece of paper and a pen?" And my brother and I started to jot this down. I was like, "You know what? Let's put in legal advice and assistance, and let's let's put this and put that." There was a whole bunch of things, and in my mind, I said, "Okay, all we need to do is we need to set up this call center." We need to have a company that services us, and we can do the sales. You know, we can just sell and have a company service us. And you know what you need? It was LifeWell is the hardest business I've ever started. I've started a few businesses in in you know in my time, and helped a lot of other people start up businesses and sold businesses. But LifeWell was by far the hardest because I had no idea what was coming.
0: And it's an outbound call center, correct?
4: Correct. We, we, we are 90% outbound. Uh, the 10% that comes in is just for in, inquiries and support, but we are 90% an outbound. outbound. outbound call and, center.
0: and, you know, I, I must say, talking about outbound call centres, we all have this fear of our phone ringing with an unknown number or a number we don't recognise, and you get that, hello, my name is Ibrahim, and uh, are you well today? And you just know that it's coming. Yeah. So um, I, But I also know that they are working. They're feeding a family, and therefore they deserve respect. Yeah. So I always have a bit of a chat and say, you know what? I can either it's something I'm looking for, or right now I'm not in a financial position to to, to say yes. But thank you for the call. So yeah. at least his day is not completely destroyed. Sure. Um, when I worked for Google, I was uh, I was uh, the Google Footprint Manager for South Africa, and we actually were c- connected to a call center, Channel Direct, and we took the call center guys out in the field. So it was such, it was almost like a field trip for school kids, where we got them to be in the field and do the work that the field walkers were doing, so that when they were in the call centre, they understood the challenges that the the people in the field had. Yeah. So there was a much greater understanding eventually because there was always this big fight between the guys in the field and the guys in the call centre because the two of them never understood the challenges. So we took the guys in the field, put them behind the phone, took the guys in the behind the phone and put them in the field and said, okay, there's now a day, what do they call it, the prince and the pauper. Yeah. Yeah. So we've now got a prince and a pauper, we've sw- we've swapped roles. Yeah. Now understand when the guys say, I don't know where I'm standing or the road, there's no road name. There really isn't a road name, or there really isn't a business. Where it said there was one, there is a big empty field with a dilapidated check. It is not what it says it is. Yeah. So don't tell me because what you can see on your Google map is what I'm supposed to be looking at. Because they assume each oh. other's stupid. So the the, the the argument tends to go on longer than it should, um, and, and you end up wasting time. Yeah. So I think in a call center environment, there again goes the career opportunity of saying, why don't you actually go in the field and see what it's like to be in the field? Your knowledge then behind the phone is a lot greater because you're able to understand the human aspect.
4: Absolutely. I mean, we've got we've got three sales distribution channels. And at the top is, um, of course, search engine optimization, digital marketing. Um, the second is field teamwork. You know, we set up appointments, we go to different companies, um, we set up... Um, different sites and speak to people face to face the third part is a, is the call center part but what our training and, and it goes back to what you were saying you know everyone you know hates that call from a call center agent you know and it and you can recognize it immediately by just the person saying hello to you
0: anyway, i want to know so how you sell that as a career because i'm, I'm going to let estelle <laughs> ask you those questions <laughs> when we come back from the break i'm janine preston we're with gerard from Laughwell and estelle from career center You're back with Janine Preston of Actonville FM. Of course it's the place to be because we're on Small Startup Big Dreams and funny enough we have Gerard in the studio from LifeWell and he certainly is a uh, an example of Small Startup and Big Dreams and he's managed to achieve his. Yesterday we spoke to uh, Joe mangu who is at the end of his journey and his conversation took so long that the three hours went long enough and we had to put a second part on next Wednesday because we're only halfway through his journey. He was also a part activist and with Human Rights Arts month it was a great interview to do so i didn't realize we were going to be talking to him for three hours um and we did and it was a really really interesting interview so only uh, the one thing about the show is we have entered and we've got estelle from career center um together with gerard from life well and and basically while we're doing the break we had estelle asking so many questions of gerard i've decided now she's going to take us further on, on Gerard's journey, because his call center really is not just a call center. He's gone a bit further and created job opportunities where others fear to tread. Am I right, Gerard? Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about the affiliate marketing and, and where that idea came from and how Career Center can, can fit in in terms of making a call center career. Yeah. Because I think for all, for all of us, and I speak for, I think most of the world, when you say, do you want to be a call center? It's like, Oh no, mm-hmm. I don't want to be, have 20 no's in a day. Yeah. So that's kind of why you don't see it as your first choice, but yeah. you seem to make it somebody's first choice. And I want to know how you managed to do that.
4: You know, it's, it's exactly what you said that it's never, I don't think it's anyone's first choice to, to even go into sales for that matter. A lot of people that I speak to, uh, in sales, uh, are in sales by default. You know, they had some other career in mind and they couldn't achieve that. And they were like, oh, you know what? This company's hiring a call center agent, let me get in. The the, the reality of sales is that it's a psychology. You can actually study sales. You know, I always say to people, no one's really born a salesperson. It's something that you, it's skills that you need to acquire over time with experience and obviously studying towards it and and learning different uh, personalities of people. So it can be taught to someone. And with that in mind, last year, August, we developed a, or we rather adopted a different business model that incorporated an affiliate marketing aspect. And I, and I wanted to call it affiliate because we want to be affiliated with people, we want to be affiliated with business and want, uh, businesses, and we want to help you along that journey. Because, you know, being a salesperson is, means also you being in business, you know, entrepreneurs are salespeople as well even if you are a professional, if you're an accountant or a lawyer, you always have to know the fundamentals of sales, right? You've got to learn to sell. I think it was an interview between uh, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates and uh, it was this massive interview with a whole bunch of postgraduates. and um, Warren Buffett said among, you know, amongst all the skills that you can learn in life, learn how to sell. And, and and that is so profound because out of everything comes sales you must be able to sell yourself and be able to to communicate exactly what you're doing effectively so last year August we we adopted this this affiliate marketing model specifically towards educating entrepreneurs business owners um, students sales and marketing professionals and I wanted to to stand out now I've listened to your You interview a few, I think it was last week sometime. Yeah,
0: with the multi-level marketing.
4: Yes, and as I was listening to this, it was exactly um, things that we wanted to stay away from and we wanted to to do things different in this market. We wanted to disrupt this market and the only way to do it is to answer three questions when it comes to network marketing or affiliate marketing or multi-level marketing. And that is, why don't people join? Um, Why aren't people making money? that you know they were enticed by when they were joined and the last is why do people leave these type of companies and we sat around and 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 we came up with these three solutions or these three uh benefits number one we don't we don't offer a a joining fee so to join our affiliate marketing program which is purely for education for business owners and entrepreneurs and sales and, and marketing professionals there is no joining fee you have to maintain 100 174 rand premium or subscription per month there's no joining fee so that takes away the first part of it the daunting part cuz a lot of a lot of companies um, you got to pay i mean i looked at a company last week it's a 2800 rand just to join this this multi level marketing company right now for for the average person on the street it is a lot of money so we've taken that completely out no joining fee the second the second problem in this industry was why don 't people actually make money? You know you get enticed by I heard you saying the b m w and the fancy you know holidays and all of this, but a majority of people don 't even uh, reach anything of that. They don't no they do 't i don't even, agree they don 't even make their their joining feedback so what I did was um, we looked at a what is called a uni level marketing compensation plan, which is extremely fair. you know you hear a lot of people saying. The sooner you join, the more money you can make. We've stayed away from that. It doesn't matter when you join us, because it's, it's a fair- um, A uh, comp- shmormy
0: sales talk.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> that, exactly that. I want to be straightforward to the point and real with my people, to say to them, look, um, when you join us, at the end of the day, this is the compensation plan, it's v- extremely fair, you have total control of where you place your people that you recruit. The second part is, I wanted to recruit people for affiliates which is something that I don't think any multi-level marketing company does for you. They always rely on the person that signed you up to help you sign people. Our call center, a part of it is dedicated to recruiting people for you. So that works in a way of referrals, continuously uh, speaking to you, getting referrals from you, calling those people up. Uh, We do um, Zoom meetings every week. We do presentations as well. And that was the second question of why people don't make money is, is because of the compensation plan, right? And the second part is that when I sign someone up, you know, as daunting as that is, I now have to rely on you to buy products in order for me to make sales. Correct. All right. Always. <laughs> exactly. So 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 I made it non-transactional based. You know, 174 rand per month gets you access. I'll tell you exactly what it gives you access to now, but that's all you have to do. That's all your part, you know. 50% there is you paying your subscription of 174 rand per month.
0: And that that entitles you to a you obviously when you sign up these are um, a document that you get to tell you what you're entitled to and would it be something for instance Ishtal, we could you could use on your career center because with it being based around small business under your
1: entrepreneur section i think we could i think we probably just need to go through a few more things um there are a few questions that I do have regarding your business, and um, I think it will be great to explore that, especially for the unemployed that are out there and small businesses that also want to get involved. And they can then in turn visit the call center yeah. um, website and Absolutely. you know, get more info as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. We, we, we,
4: we focus on, on, on three pillars. When you sign up with us, the first part is, is, is very general, um, but it's in-depth. I made it general so that it uh, you know it, it's it's focused on all types of businesses. So we look at everything from project management to IT to uh, being able to read uh, an income and expenses uh, statement, uh be able to do financial projections, basically how to get your business started and grow. And your sorry, business. I need to just
0: ask you this yeah. quickly. Does where do you get your material your material for project management sure. and things like that from? Where do you get that okay. from? So we are affiliated
4: with various CETAs. Uh, Okay, So we have two parts to it. We have an actual accredited courses. So accredited courses where we have a, a, you know, a moderator and a facilitator and uh, you have different NQF levels attached to it. And then we have a different side where we, for example, we've taken a project management course and we've sort of made it like a money project management, you know, like how you get like a money MBA. We've made it a money sort of project management course that can be done online over a certain amount of time. So we get our, our, our stuff from, from different sectors, and uh, which, is, which is, for me, um, more of the benefit here, uh, is that a lot of our course material comes from ex-CEOs and directors of corporates. Correct. So we have a, a massive network of, of directors, CEOs of corporates that our people wouldn't necessarily, or our members wouldn't necessarily have access to, but now get, get access to that. So that is the first part uh, in terms of the education. Um, the second part is exposing um, your business to those the, our network to the ex CEOs and directors or current directors of companies, and we take a more specific approach and we look at your business and say, okay, what is it that you're doing right now? Let's look at your financials. Let's look at let's let's look at your your suppliers. Can we get credit facilities from them? And actually get involved in your business to grow it. The third part is where the affiliate part comes in. And it's you basically building a business with LifeWell. Um, We help you recruit other entrepreneurs underneath you. And what this does is, I mean, you know that amongst all the reasons businesses fail, right at the top is working capital. You know, a lot of businesses struggle and close on because we don't have working capital. So what our affiliate marketing um, business does for you is to acquire that working capital. You you have your own website that's customized under LifeWell. You became you come exactly like become an affiliate with us and we grow a business together. So those are the three aspects.
0: Of, I think one the, of the, the greatest things about having just heard that is with Career Center and we work with Career Center on a Thursday and Thursdays are, are days where we, for instance, uh, last Thursday we gave away a thing called SYOB, which is start your own business. And it's a, a package that we asked everybody if they wanted to download it, they could send me a message and they could download. It was a template for marketing for a business plan. It was a template for costing. It was a template for invoicing. So it was an online package. And and Stal and I were talking and saying, wouldn't it be great that when one of your friends starts a small business, like when you have a wedding and when you have a, um, a sort of a, a child, they give you a shower, a baby shower or a kitchen tea. Wouldn't it be awesome that if your friend starts a business, we give them a a voucher for a logo design. We give them a voucher for web design. And I would love to see, for instance, you've got a 12 month program of 174 Rand a month. It would be great if we could go in through Career Center and say, why don't you give one of your friends who start their own business a gift of 174 Rand and 12 of your friends each pay 174 Rand towards that friend's business because often our friends will share things on Facebook, but they they won't support us in buying bread from me instead of bread from a supermarket. Whereas when they buy bread from me, they're supporting my whole family. When they buy bread from a supermarket, it's not the same thing. Mm. So although they always pay lip service to giving you help as a small business, they very seldom will buy that from you. But this way we could actually have almost a hamper basket of 12 different vouchers that pay for a 12 month subscription to being a part of your organization. Absolutely.
1: Because that could be a really nice small business pamper, don't you think? I totally agree with you, Janine. That definitely can also help that individual that's starting out, you know. Because in your case, with, with, with all the professions in the
0: career center, each profession can work with him. It can work with Gerard. So it's not like um, you, you have a specific line that you're working in. He's working in a whole wide variety of, of areas. Yeah. And that could certainly help small businesses. So rather than give somebody a plant they can't use, or that they won't, f- they'll re- forget to water. Yeah, yeah. Well, give them exactly. something useful.
3: Yeah.
4: What that does is, um, you know, first of all, I, I mean, I have so many um, people that want to start businesses and and just have no idea of where to go. You know, obviously the first place we go to is is obviously the internet. And if you look at something like. Registering a company, there are so many companies out there that have these ridiculous fees of a thousand five hundred rand, a thousand rand, or, or eight hundred rand packages where you can actually register a business for free, you know, or you can do it through b yeah. at like 175 rand, uh, 175 rand once off. Um, that's the first part. The second part is a lot of people are offering these business plans for eight hundred rand or a thousand rand which does not make any sense to me. You know, a proper business plan is going to cost you around 10,000 rand. Correct. You know, so um, it, it's, it's those type of things, that the incorrect information that's out there, and it's due, it's due and I can, I can say it because I'm a recipient of that, is that it's due to the lack of mentorship out there.
0: And I think in terms of like a business plan, a business plan changes yeah. even before you finished writing it. Exactly. It's already starting to become something different, and sure. maybe that's something you can put on the career site, it is to say when somebody offers you a business plan, these are the headings they need to follow, a sort of advice channel.
1: Absolutely. I mean, also if you look at the business plan, it's like a roadmap. And um, to get from, let's say, from my home to here, there's various routes I can take. But it all depends on what I'm looking for. Do I want to pass toll gates? Do I not? Do I want to go through residential? Do I not? Similarly to with businesses, what is it that you need to avoid? What can you, um, you know, accept on your way? What types of risks can you accept? What risks should you avoid? Hmm. And yes, in that way, your business Absolutely. plan does change on an ongoing basis. You know,
4: I've seen so many business plans and. And the ones that stood out for me are the ones that have more more negativity, I would say, to it. Because let's be honest, we we have no one's ever seen a business plan that states the business is not going to make money, right?
0: No, I agree. Right. So,
4: when you're starting off a business, um, and to do a business plan is the most difficult because you, first of all, you got to put three years projections in the financial projections, of a business that hasn't even started. <laughs> you know, so it's a bit ridiculous, but. What sort of information, where are you gathering that information for? You know, because obviously there's a purpose for a business plan. It's got to be solid. And where you where are you acquiring that information is extremely important. So it all goes back to that mentorship. You know, who's guiding you? Where are you learning from people? How do you access markets? I always say to people that, you know, you got to be diligent in, in your ways. you got to know every aspect. When I was in import and exporting, I knew everything from, even how long it took to pack a certain amount of boxes, you know, mm. together. Mm. Uh, I knew everything about that business. Um, and obviously you're learning as you go on further, but it's important to have that mentorship. And, and mentors at different stages of your life. You know, when I started off in business, the mentors that I started off with are no longer my mentors. You know, they're now yeah. associates. You know, a mentorship has to grow as you grow in business as well.
1: I do see that we can collaborate on efforts in terms of the entrepreneurship because there is an element of entrepreneurship on the actual career center. But if I can just divert a little bit, sure. um, in terms of the call center agency or agent, what is the career journey? You know, what, what should they be looking for? Yeah. Can you give us some insight on that?
4: Sure. That, 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 you know, it's, it's always a, it's a very vague industry to get into. Um, and some people argue, is it even a career? You know, or is it a side hustle that became permanent? You know, but with us, with my call center agents, there was one primary objective. And when we brought in postgraduates or we brought in previously disadvantaged, you know, youth into our call centers, it was to teach them the fundamentals of sales. It was to teach them the fundamentals of sales so they can branch off and open up their own businesses or they can, you know, get better jobs in, in better companies, for example, or stay within life well and, and advance their career with us. Being a call center agent is, is a just a call center agent is very limited because mm-hmm. you look there are call center agents that I know that earn thirty or forty or fifty thousand rand a month. But in order to get there, there's mm-hmm. it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of nos. And you have a you've got to first of all have a different um uh, emotional sort of outlook on it You know, you've got to be able to uh, be a person That takes rejection That mm-hmm. handles it So to answer your question where, What is the career path, path of, of a call center agent Depending on the company that you are associated with From a call center agent You then get become a supervisor You know, you become a sales manager And at, it's at that point Where you can then branch out into different fields So for example If you're a call center agent for an insurance company there's certain regulations or certain licensing and and exams that you have to take. So what that would do is open up a whole different field in the financial sector for you. You know, if you're just a normal call center selling uh, unregulated products, for example, you can advance yourself in terms of learning the fundamentals of sales and communication. Um, What I find with a lot of call center agents is that um, there's, there's very little in terms of webinars or seminars for us. You know uh, there are there are motivational talks and there's a lot of conferences that you can go to but I've been to so many conferences and hosted them myself you know you could you're listening to someone on stage you can maybe identify with them Mm -hmm. but what happens after that what happens after that conference you know do I go back to the office how do I implement that and I think it's the implementation is where the difference is at you know
1: yeah. Maybe just on that point, is there a professional body or an association, you know, that governs how call center agents um, should literally uh, conduct their duties in, from day to day?
4: There are a few uh, a few organisations out there, but it's it's not it's not mandatory. Um, and, and it's not re- a sort of regulated uh, industry to say, okay, this is exactly how you need. It only gets a bit regulated when it comes to specific products like insurance and financial products, where then you have you know different sort of licensing and how you should conduct yourself, or what to say, and what not to say um, on calls with with agents with with sales um, potentials.
1: And then from the from the personality point of view, what personality should a call center agent have?
4: You know, <laughs> that, that's funny because when I when I started my first job, um, it was in a call center, and I I think I'm an introvert by nature, because we, I was always shy to speak to people. You know, you talk about your son. You know, he was very shy to speak to people, and that was me. I was always scared of saying the wrong thing. Or, Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. And when I got this job, I, I remember my first sales call. I was speaking to a, a director of a massive company. And in my pitch, I was, I was going through the pitch, sounding extremely salesy, and he interrupted and started asking me questions. And he was one of those clients that were, uh, I, I don't know, he, just, he, he, could, he could see it was my first time, or rather he could hear it was my first time. Mm-hmm. And I got so nervous and I put the phone down. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and to my surprise, he actually called back. And I was shocked. I, I, I didn't know what to say. You know, if I said, oh, we got cut off, it'd be a total lie. And he would have picked up on that. And before I could even answer him, uh-huh. he gave me this advice. And he said to me that when you're pitching someone, irrespective of whether they are the president of the company or they're just a junior staff member, you've got to come up with, you've got to display uh, this emotion of wanting to help that person or add value in that person. So, the first step of becoming a call center agent or even a sales uh, getting into the sales industry is to have that that comp- that passion of adding and multiplying value in someone's life. You know, it's very important uh, to have that because you will be able to pick the companies and products you'd want to work with. And that is the one of the major mistakes people make in this industry is that the moment that's why I say people get into sales by default because the moment someone offers them a job, they take it. I'm not really doing uh, emotional research on their products. And what I mean by that is to see, okay, would I even use this product first of all? Am I passionate about it? Because whether you're selling face-to-face over the phone, that emotion will be projected. If you, if you, if you like the product or you believe in the product or not. So I think the first part is, is, is to really, uh, to be that type of person that wants to add and, and multiply value in people's life. The second, you've got to be extremely, uh, resilient, you know, um, being able to get back on that phone and, and understand that it's a numbers game. You know, you could call a hundred people in it. I mean, my call center agents spend between two and three hours a day on the phone, you know, and might not even get a sale. You know, you could speak to a hundred people and out of that hundred people, maybe 10 would be interested maybe, and maybe one would sign up with you. And that was, you know, pre-COVID uh, sort of figures
1: quickly, as part of your training um, or training call center, the, the call center agents, what is the most difficult part? Um, for example, telephone etiquette? What do you think is the most difficult part to get across to, to you know, yeah. new newly, um, new Indi- or individuals that sure. are joining the profession?
4: For, for me, the most difficult is to train them how to not sound like a salesperson over the phone. You know, the typical, hi, good day, John, you're speaking to Samantha vibe. You can immediately identify that this is a call center agent. And the way we circumvent that is... is to have that sort of relationship with someone. Now, it's kind of hard to have a relationship already with someone that you haven't met before, but if you were referred to that person and that's how life well works, we will only call someone that we've been referred to. We don't just cold call and just bother people. Um, Because years in this industry, you know, yes, you do get sales, but the closing ratio is extremely high. Uh, Sorry, low rather when you cold call. Um, So with us, it's all about referrals. So, to answer your question, I, I, I try and help my people to not sound like salesy, but rather that I'm here to help you, that I really want to help you and I've identified uh, your needs and match those needs with benefits that we have.
0: And we're going to be back with you shortly after the news. I'm Janine Preston and I'm with Gerard from LifeWell and from The Cool Scene. And you're back with Janine Preston on Actonville FM. And it's for everyone. As Kim always says in the morning, she's like, it's for everyone. So uh, you can call us, or in fact, don't call us, just text us because it's a computer generated WhatsApp. 074 5829. If you're from overseas, add a plus 27. Uh, email address is mail at actonvillefm.co.za. And of course, we have all our social media actonvillefm, social media. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, the day before I do my shows, I always publish on our Facebook page what we're going to be covering and who we're going to be talking to. Um, And one of the the good things about today is we have two people in the studio. I have Estelle from Career Centre and I've got Gerard from Well. One of the, the good things is... Even during the break, the two of them have not stopped talking. And now during the show, of course, they've also been chatting. And and it's so important to know that everybody's on the right track. Everybody's heart's in the right place and trying to make a difference to those that are entrepreneurs. So if you're on the entrepreneur journey, you are very fortunate to be listening to the show right now. Um, Gerard is offering an affiliate program at 174 Rand a month that will help you get going as a small business, whether you're one person, two people, or I think it's 100 people. It's yeah. still considered a small business. Um, Estelle has a website called Career Center on which she's going to put on her platform how to help small businesses, especially if you want to give them a, a prize or a, no, a
1: present, a starting up present, have you call it? Yes. Well, I wouldn't want to say a voucher. It's because It's going to actually be something much more valuable than a voucher that 's true yeah, so it 's basically going to assist small businesses, um, it will also be able to um, have small businesses learn from um, their life raw well, and in that sense put them on the journey that they need to be on, you know, so literally without falling off the tracks will assist you to um, Ensure that you have everything in place because as a small business owner, you are the director, you are the marketing manager, you are the financial manager, you are everything in that organization, even the brand coordinator. So having said that, yes, we are putting a package together that will assist small businesses and entrepreneurs.
0: And, and I think all big businesses, it's like small startup, big dreams. They all start small, but they have big dreams. And and some of them, and for me, I think it's a measure of success. I'm not sure what you guys see as a measure of success, but my measure of success is what did I, for me, it's to be happy in what I do and have a fulfilled life. For other people, the measure of success could be the Ferrari in the driveway.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It, it, it's really different measures. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't value their own dreams they don't they don't put a value on their dream they'll they'll say I want to have a big house and have three houses around the world and, and and but they don't put a value on that so I think and when they don't achieve it they feel like a failure and I think that's so wrong and we've just been talking to a life coach Meryl who's going to join us next week Thursday and she's going to tell us a little bit about how to how to feel with those dreams don't that it's not about being
1: a failure it's just about realigning your dream I would imagine Absolutely. And I think success um, has different meanings to different people. So if you ask somebody what is success for you, for a lot of people it will be earning a lot of money, having um, a flashy car, uh, a big house. What is success? And I think that's the biggest question each and everybody must ask themselves. For me, what do I perceive success to be? Hmm. When I achieve my success, what have I achieved or what will I be achieving? And it really is not that big house. It's not all the money in the world. Success could literally be making a visible difference out there in society as well. Yeah,
4: yeah absolutely. I think I think for me, you know, when when we first started, it's so profound. Well, you know, what you just what you just said is, you're yeah, everything in your business, even the cleaner, you know, the person that opens up the office, if you have one at that stage. And for me, the first time where I felt like I was growing was when one of my employees opened the office. Now, I didn't have to be the first one getting to work, you know, and opening up the office. And obviously, from there, goes on. But for me, success in terms of business, yes, um, from a general perspective, it's, it's about growth, you know, um, uh, and how scalable your business is. But for me, it's about, you know, when I, when I wake up on the first of every month, I know for a fact that I have to take care of X amount of families, I treat my employees as families So I have X amount of, of families That I have to take care of They are depending on me And it's a huge responsibility At the end of the day Because it's not just yourself Because most people Can't even take care Of their own families You know, now you have 80 odd families That you have to take care of So for me That is Being in that position You know, to being able You know, to be trusted by God To be able to take care Of other people And other families Is a sense of, of success For me, yeah.
1: Absolutely, um, and I'd like to perhaps talk to um, Janine about possibly bringing in the, the wish line. You know, uh, there's a lot of individuals out there, a lot of unemployed graduates, there's a lot of um, matriculants that are unemployed, uh, or people that actually want to embark on a profession and they don't have the funding. Um, but I will explore this in more detail with um, Janine in terms of um, identifying how can we assist, how can the Career Center, assist an individual in embarking on a profession, you know, that they somehow could never even think of doing or embarking on, but we'll explore that in... um, I think that's a great idea, especially since now we've got these varsities doing the free education
0: number, that I can never understand, because you cannot get free education after you finish school, because it's not, it's, it's not something you deserve. It's something you have to work and decide, do I want to follow this career? And you follow it with sincerity. You can go and work and get a second job to pay it. You don't have to have it free. So I don't understand that whole free mentality of let me just get given everything on a plate because I deserve it. No, you don't. People who get bursaries have earned it. Why is it that they need to earn it? And I think your idea of the wish list is if I can't get a bursary because um, there's 30 people ahead of me that got one more point than I did, yes, my marks were good, but they weren't in the, in the top percentile of, of you know, distinctions, findings, yeah. you, still, you still would like to get a bursary or some kind of help, and that, that's where the wish list is almost like a bursary. I think that's a great idea, actually, as long as you promised to me to me one thing. Oh, you teach those people that when they go into the world, bingo speak is not good for social media. <laughs> okay, so they can't use the words like duh and LOL and the, the, that it takes me half an hour to sit and rewrite the whole thing because I have to understand what they're saying. If you're going to be using social media as a business tool, you have to learn English or, or whatever your chosen language is because the people you communicate with are not always in your age group. In other words, if you're 21, you're not necessarily selling to 21-year-olds. And the time it takes you to type the is the same time it takes you to type the. My hair can just stand on it when I get those messages. So I'd I'd like to see that kind of model coming from your affiliate program is also how to use social media properly, how to speak on WhatsApp. Don't phone somebody at 11 o'clock at night. Also, don't message them at 11 o'clock at night because their phones are on because they've got children, family, moms, dads, and their phone has to be on. doesn't mean to say it's on for you to use. That's just bad manners.
4: Yeah, absolutely. With, with the affiliate marketing, I mean, we go right down to to the bare minimum, you know, of teaching someone in terms of, of boardroom etiquette, you know, how to dress appropriately or, you know, to a certain client that you see. You know, if I'm going to to a farmer, I'm not going to be wearing a suit and tie to get there. You know, I'm going to be wearing an attire that is appropriate for for the environment or for the client that I'm seeing. And there's also, you know, you have your, your business way of speaking sort of, you know, this business sort of way, but at the end of the day, it's, it's about speaking the same language. You know, I using inverted commas here as your client and be able to build that rapport with your client, because it's not all about the product that you have. You can have a phenomenal product, but if you can articulate what you're doing in, in an effective manner and be able to communicate that forth, and be able to relate to that client, it's, it's ineffective. So communication is, is, is right up there.
0: Um, and it's also hard to sense. build your social media following. Yeah, You know, that, that's pretty key. I, I look at my Instagram and I've got these weird people following me. Now, I know I've got a business and I need to accept weird as well as normal people. But then it's like, the, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a stripper. Yeah, you follow me <laughs> then I have to go to all the trouble of reporting them for inappropriate behaviour and blocking them and you know and I'm like really like, you know, don't just choose somebody because you want to go and choose people and you just go you know accept you know, and follow people for no reason at all yeah. follow people that have an effect on what you do you know, direct marketing yes yeah. don't have 23,000 followers of which you know three mm. or, or you interact with three because the number doesn't matter anymore the the number of qualified leads and the number of qualified followers that you spend time um, getting. I'm on LinkedIn, for instance. And when I uh, got the job at as a radio presenter and and also subsequently as the station manager, I put it on LinkedIn. But when somebody wrote and said congrats, and somebody I mean really I don't know them at all, <laughs> but they I then wrote back and said I looked at their profile and said you could be of of value to the station. I could I would love that. I met Merrill was how. That we could be in touch with each other so that you can add value to the station. So I used all those LinkedIn contacts to say, let's make value together. And that's where I think that's where people don't see the value of. They just think it's another numbers game. Let's have 30,000 followers. But Mm. what does that mean? It doesn't mean 30,000 people read what you have to say. It really doesn't. And that's part of the parcel, I think, because marketing changed. We used to go and knock on doors. Mm. Cold calling was yeah. before <laughs> gold <laughs> Before yeah. We used to go knock on the door. Hello. And would you like to buy this? No, go away. My dog will bite you. Okay, <laughs> I'm gone. And we used to call them vacuum cleaner salesmen.
4: I was just about <laughs> to say that. Yeah. <laughs> a very good
0: Encyclopedia salesman. Yeah. Same of thing.
4: Kirby, have you heard of Kirby before? Kirby, absolutely. Yeah, one of my good friends. He was one of the first to bring Kirby into the country, actually. And um, I always, uh, some, sometimes I send my salespeople over there for like a crash course in aggressive sales. Absolutely. Just, oh, it's aggressive. It's another sure. level altogether of how these guys sell.
0: Um, so but yeah. they, that was the same as the Dead Sea people. Remember the Dead Sea creams they used to sell in the oh, malls? Yes. They yeah. would make us walk to the other side of the mall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was doing mall promotions at the time for Mango, yeah. Mango Airlines. And we used to sometimes take the space that they had had. And, I mean, they always used to leave the space in such a terrible state because they also wouldn't collect on time. So we'd end up being in the mall till 11 o'clock at night setting up because we had to wait for them to remove their stuff. Um, so they were quite sort of they, – they were all brought in from Israel, sort of put into our house together, given this aggressive approach to selling. And put in the mall, and eventually we found the malls and said, "Sorry, we're no longer going to be in your mall if those Dead Sea people are there." I remember that because so people of. don't come past yeah. our yes. desk yes. because of the Dead Sea people. <laughs> so then they took the Dead Sea people and moved them into a shop, like they had to be in a shop. They couldn't leave their shop, so they used to stand in the door and go, "Hello, hello," and like they had this fishing rod, almost expedition. <laughs> So people mm-hmm. used to walk a ride around. Then the neighbours were complaining, saying, "We oh. don't because now they're not coming into my shop mm-hmm. because of this aggressive way of selling." Yeah. And eventually they were banned from malls altogether. Mm-hmm. And I thought, "Well done," because as South Africans, we do not like to be ambushed. Yes. Because you, yeah. you, you, we've got a culture of being kind and being thoughtful, and now we're being ambushed, and we can't be kind and say no because this person has yeah. ambushed us into. So we, we've uh, it's now called ambush marketing. <laughs> Remember the Dead Sea people. Everybody goes, oh, I remember that. <laughs> so almost every South African has walked past a Dead Sea, or has bought the product, and mm. ended up spending a fortune they didn't have, like bouncing their credit card for mm. the sake of the Dead Sea people. <laughs> so I just thought, I hope you've gone back to Israel. And apparently that's why they chose those people, because they have no, there's no barrier to who they are. They just will completely ambush you and yeah. not feel bad about ripping you off. Mm. Doesn't bother them at all. Yeah quite scary so that's why when i look at call centers as well they, they traditionally don't have a great name and i think because big corporates drove the numbers like you have to reach a certain number so it made them more and more aggressive yeah. whereas now you're turning call centers into how can i be a sales arm for you because then you don't have to try and track that salesperson around the country
3: Absolutely.
0: because i don't have to pay your petrol and wonder where you are and wonder how many sales you've made yes i now can manage that through yeah. somebody who has a handle on yes yeah. your two call center agents are here and today they made three but we're finding the barriers to the sale are a problem because your product is too expensive your you know th- there's feedback that's real mm. you know the, the the location is wrong the maybe the the tagline is wrong yeah. you know I, and i've got such a couple of such perfect businesses have come to mind while I've been talking to them I'm thinking I've got to remember all this (laughs) (laughs) so I'm glad you had the opportunity of coming into the studio to talk to us it's so nice to have you both here thank you and um, yeah I
1: think we we definitely have to extend this
0: Thursday because this Thursday now has a has a great combination
1: you know I agree with you um, Janine and there's a lot of people out there um, from a point of careers right now they are sitting and not knowing what they want to do for the rest of their life so I think this Thursday or every Thursday from year fourth will definitely be an inspiration as well as a value add in a lot of people 's lives
0: no, I agree um, it certainly lends itself to uh, to to being able to understand as me as a small business how can I be the marketer the salesperson, yeah. the accountant how can I be all those things because I have to be all those things to all people yeah. and it 's about you know
4: um, being consistent and, and sustaining yourself and learning how to do that no matter I always say to to people that come through our mentorship programs or incubators, is that whether you you are starting a business or you're at a stage where you've been in business for a year or two, operate that business the way a CEO of a multi-billion-dollar company would from day one. You know, know exactly where every cent is going. Learn how to to manage that business properly, how to market properly, how to manage your finances, how to acquire a business, and it's lacking, you know. It's lacking in, in my in my field of work. When when speaking or mentoring um, entrepreneurs, majority of entrepreneurs want to start businesses for a fancy lifestyle. Mm. You know, it's about what's been. Per-
0: no, we pers- want to go to lunch and spend all day at lunch. What we don't you know, realize is while we're at lunch, we're not making any money. Exactly. <laughs>
3: exactly. <laughs> that, you know, and
4: uh, you know the, the famous question that everyone asks in a business: if you're starting a business, is what what solution are you providing or what problem are you solving? And no one goes back to the drawing board you know, to find out. I always say to people, when you open up a business, focus on the work, be truly uh, an ambassador of adding and, and multiplying value in someone's life. And obviously the money would follow from there. You know, it's about then once it's following, how to sustain it, how to you know, manage it going forward. But I think your mindset of why, your, your why, you know, it's a very vanilla thing to say, mm-hmm. your why, what's your why. But going back to why did I start this business? would always draw you back. Even in those negative times, you can always be, you know, get, um, be drawn back to, okay, I started this business because of this, this and well,
0: when I started podcasting, I wanted to podcast because I wanted to come back into radio. I hadn't yeah. been in radio for 10 years. And I knew that's something I always loved. So I thought, okay, the radio industry is minute. It's very, there's very few jobs and a lot of people that go for them. So the chances of me getting back on radio are quite remote. What do I need to do to stay involved in the Audible world? Mm. And then I started listening to podcasts. My son bought me a subscription to podcasts, to uh, Audible books. And they had podcasts. And I thought, let me listen to some podcasts, which I did. And then I listened to some Audible books. And by page like 35, I was like, let me just slit my throat because I have to listen to the same voice for another 200 pages. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. So then I started looking for podcasts, which are interviews like we're having mm. now. And they series of information or a story that 's done into series of people talking to other people and it 's almost like a radio remember springbok radio it 's almost like Springbok yeah. radio it tells you stories mm-hmm. and I love that and then I started looking for podcast um, for for podcasts about what to do to become a podcast what do you need what is the software? I did the research on the software and and just did all of that until I did my first podcast and then I had to learn how to put it up and how to package it and yeah. how to record it and And it was great. It was such an awesome journey. But it's the same as every business. You need to really research whatever it is you want to do. You have to know what you're selling and what need you are going to fulfill. So like a podcast fulfill a need of companies wanting to talk to employees when they are ready to listen like in the car, like when they're washing dishes. Yes. They don't want to be on a standard radio. It's got to be on a podcast. They can yeah. play on their phone. They just yeah, download yeah. the next series. Absolutely. And they stand there washing and they think, this is actually cool. Yeah. Yes, I agree with him. And I don't need to take notes because it's it's informing me mm. of maybe a new product or something like that yeah. because I'm ready to listen.
4: Access to information yes. is, is vital in, in, in being an entrepreneur. Um, and what I've noticed as well with many, many people that want to become or go into rather go into business is that they have this business or this idea in their mind and they see it in its perfect form. So they've obviously worked, sometimes worked for a company and they, want, they now think they can do it on their own or they've seen someone else being successful at something and they feel that, you know what, I can do this. Geez, or, I could do that with my yeah, eyes closed. Exactly. Right? <laughs> or, or they have this idea that no one's done it and what happens is the more you think about it, the more you motivate yourself and it becomes this massive idea in your mind that it's actually going to work. So the moment you get the first amount of capital that comes along, you go and get officers, you go and mm. employ staff, and there's no due diligence. you know. There's no process because what is there? What is the journey for an entrepreneur? Where do I start? You know, And it's all about mentorship. It's all about it at the end of the day being exposed. Because yes, I can go and study business, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I can start a business or be successful in it, right? It's about being exposed to people that are in business, that are in business, that have also failed in business. And um, and taking it from there at the end of the day, being diligent in your ways. I always get, someone just asks this question, you oh, know, Gerard, what what sort of, um, uh, you know, what can you say that's encouraging to entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. And, and I always say the same thing, is that if you're an entrepreneur and you need encouragement, look for another career path. Because it's not about that. It's not about being encouraged. It's mm-hmm. about being diligent in your ways knowing how things work and having a great understanding of how things things work.
1: I totally agree with you, Gerard. And that is where the Career Center also comes in. It's about knowledge sharing, as yeah. you very well said. Um, sharing that knowledge. And I mean, a lot of other entrepreneurs have made so many mistakes. Why do you need to go and make the same mistakes, learn from the mistakes already made? And that is what the Career Center is going to be doing also, in terms of interviewing individuals um, that are entrepreneurs and what mistakes have they made, what is the practical solution, not just the theoretical solution, but how can you actually get over that? How can you circumvent future risks in that manner as well? So the Career Center will definitely assist in Absolutely. that element of knowledge.
4: Oh, what I like about that is what I just mentioned, the negatives, you Great. know, bringing that in to say that, OK, don't do that because I've did it. I've done it before and that didn't work. Try this. So and that, that, that's, that's valuable information.
0: I think one of the things is continuous information, but changing the the style. So, for instance, talking about careers like we've done today and how you look at something and think, gee, I never thought of that as being a career, like a taxi driver. You you sort of think of that as being a last resort, Hmm. a call center agent. You think that's my last resort, but they don't see it as a career whereas even a waitress I never saw it as a career until I went to England a couple of years ago I was in England in 2018 and I was a waitress because I was I did like 100 jobs stayed in my car like you did lived in my car but I wanted to experience what I should have done when I was 17 but now I was 58 a bit more wiser <laughs> sure. but I loved being a waitress and I remember the the, the, the lady coming up she was South African the, the the owner of the bar and she said to me do you want to be a manager because we want to you know, we want to put you up to the next level. I said, no, I'm not going to look after all these 12-year-olds. You decide when they're coming in and if they come to work. I want to focus on my (laughs) customers because my customers love me. I love them. I love being behind the bar. I'm learning learning how to pour, you know, the different drafts. I'm learning how to pour wine. I'm I'm on my own learning path. And I don't want to be sidetracked by other things that I may have to do and schedules for work and are you coming in and, you know, you're 12 and are you still coming in, you know, (laughs) because England's run by (laughs) 12-year-olds. so it's kind of I didn't want to be burdened with that I wanted to run my own thing and I think it also goes back to being a mechanic how many mechanics are really good and then they they make them a manager and then they fire them because they're a bad manager Mm. but the guy never wanted to be a manager in the first place he wanted to be a good mechanic so why not just pay him to be a good mechanic and let management be a management person I know I don't make a good manager so I want to be involved in the work that I get hired to do I want to focus on that and be good at it I don't necessarily want to climb the ladder. Yeah. That for me doesn't always work. Yeah. And I think that in careers, people see career path as being a CEO, but they don't see a career path as being a really good mechanic.
1: Yeah, and I think it's mm. also also the stigma that has been attached to certain professions out there. You know, you're not supposed to be um, a mechanic. Mm. You should rather be a doctor. Exactly, yeah. and we've got more than enough doctors. We don't have enough mechanics. We don't even have enough plumbers.
0: We're stuck with trades at the moment. Trades are really suffering because of this whole swing to becoming a lawyer or a doctor or a candlestick maker, you know. Yeah. Um, and one needs to see professions as what, like a call center, it's a, it's a nice career path if you do it right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, but like every profession, if you get hauled into the wrong place at the wrong time this is it. and you could be scared off for of life and end up in a mental institution. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll blame him for that. Okay, Gerard, you're to blame for that. <laughs> and you're to blame for not having a personality because you're in a you're in a field where there isn't a personality, so how did you get one? <laughs> I was born with one. <laughs> and then you chose a career like accounting, which which has again a stigma. We're talking about stigmas yeah. that are attached to certain yeah. careers. And you can't you, you have to find a way to get past them. It's the lady who sells sweets on the corner mm. is not somebody who's doing it out of desperation it's' yeah. what she chose to do. this is it I mean you know,
4: you know if, you, if you have a conversation like we've got these uh, you know mr delivery guys you know yeah. these motorbikes they uh, basically it's, it's extremely dangerous you know and I always say they're on they're coffins on wheels because Absolutely. of the way they it's anyway, but if you have a, a, a conversation with, with some of them you, you'll realize that they earn between 6 and 14000 rand a month correct right and for most people that haven't had those conversations will be surprised because in your mind you think oh maybe this guy is making 2 or 3000 rand a month no Can't they do make, really well you know mm. and and this is because we we live in this digital age where we live these lives online and living a life online you can be anyone you know, you, you don't, you're always taking the fancy pics and you're taking pics where you're smiling and when you're happy, you never see someone taking a selfie with a hawker in the back selling mm-hmm. bananas, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but at the end of the day, that, that, that hawker is earning 10, 12,000 rand a month. So it's about exposure. And at the moment, we all, we're only being exposed to, to those, that fancy lifestyle, which is fake most of the time.
0: And we should actually yeah. bring some of those people into the studio Absolutely. and say, you know, yeah. because that delivery driver could make a good call centre agent. Yeah. He's so used to facing danger. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like I went for an interview. I take a lot on Tuesday yeah. to because to, I wanted to look for some part-time work after, you know, on, on the weekends and stuff. And they said, where's your motorbike? I said, I don't, I don't have a licence for a motorbike. I've got a licence for a code 14 truck. Right. That's why I'm here. <laughs> and they went... Oh, but we're looking for delivery. I said, but when I applied, I said, I have a code 10, a code 14 license that I'd like to use. I'm not going to use my own car. And I don't want to deliver food because as a woman, um, I'm, I don't want to go into people's houses when, at night. Sure. Mm. So it's kind of interesting how you, we need to bring those people in and talk to them and say, tell me a little bit about your life. We, mm. do, we make assumptions. And assumptions are what they an ass out of you and me, yes, yes, because they're the wrong assumptions. And yeah. I think we should start with a call center person with having Merrill on next week. You should bring yeah. a call center person in,
4: absolutely. Okay. And, and let's that. talk yeah. to
0: her without you in the room, hey? Sure. You've got to sit outside. <laughs> hey? I'm warning you. So I
1: think that's a brilliant idea, Janine. Um, brilliant. and really it will give insight to uh, or will actually provide the public with a lot of insight into professions that they thought were they were not worthy. For. And uh, absolutely, and if you could record some of the calls that they take.
0: I would. I'll, I think it will make a lot of us ashamed. Yeah. Uh, and I can honestly put my hand up and say I'm one of them. Yeah. Um, when I'm having a bad day and I get a call from a call center that I really just makes me realise that I don't have any money and, and, and I'm I'm angry at a person I don't even know. You know, you know what? Sometimes so.
4: I find that so funny because sometimes I walk through the call center and I'll hear my own call center agent saying, I'm so I told you I'm busy, I can't take the call right now. I'm very interested. <laughs> Uh, And and you know what Like I said before I'm trying to change that And we have You know Our our calls are 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 like 20, 30 minute calls now as opposed to like 7 or 8 minutes. That's because our call center agents having more of a conversation as opposed to selling something. You know, trying to really find out is this going to work for you? Mm. You know, Where are you right now? But you have to get
0: past that first hello, I'm Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, it's been a great morning and I I can't believe the time is almost up. Um, We have to kind of wrap it up, but if you could give us an idea of where people can get hold of you and and take this conversation further. Gerard, let's start with you since you're at the end of the table on the small chair he's on a low chair by the way so his chin is bumping the table <laughs> he gave the girls the high chair
4: <laughs> with, with LifeWell, you can you can reach us on uh, at our website lifewell.co.za um, email is info at lifewell.co.za and we're on instagram as well it's lifewell underscore
1: business awesome and yes style. Well, the Career Centre it's www.careercentre.co.za, and you can reach us on or via email on admin at careercentre.co.za. And I look forward to having you back here next Wednesday. So it's a deal. We've got Meryl, from, who's a life coach. We're going to have the two of you
0: and a call center agent. Call center agent. Because I think that – and you've got to bring us somebody who's not like the high flyer. <laughs> somebody who's possibly just kind of started sure. and is a little bit nervous. and sure. Because we want to understand what made them choose this path.
3: Absolutely. And yeah.
0: probably somebody with a bit of experience from another call center that may have changed call centers because they're making a yeah. career of it. I think yeah. that's pretty – Pretty cool, hey. Yeah. You can
4: you can also catch us. Sorry, I forgot. Also catch us on Facebook as well on our Facebook page.
0: So you also laugh Well, we're the same Actonville FM. We're on all the social media. You can email us on mail at actonvillefm.co.za, and of course our international number is plus twenty seven seven four double six zero five eight two nine. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about Shemagen. We're going to be going live on our Facebook page while we taste shimajin, we cook some curry, we look at how bunny chows are made and how samosas are made because these are all entrepreneurs that are also making their own way in the world. And Eladia's Kitchen is no stranger to the station. She started off cooking from home during lockdown and Hirsch's management gave her the chance of having a little um, place at the... At their grounds, and have now given her three more. She's now got three more stores all within a matter of eight months and doing it on her own. She wakes up at four o'clock in the morning and starts to cook. Okay. Um, and the lady with the shimajin, of course, she does it as a side hustle and um, is going to show us the different flavors of shimajin. So I think tomorrow should be quite fun, actually. Um, don't forget to join us next Thursday. We're going to have Gerard from Life well Back and Estelle from Career Centre, as well as Meryl, who is a life coach. So we're going to hear what advice Meryl has for the call centre agent we're going to bring in. That'll be interesting. <laughs> I'm Janine Preston, and it's been great, and I hope that we rocked your morning.